0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is guiding people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue, and joining me is my co-host, Annabelle Rios.
1: Alright, we are going live in three, two, one. Welcome guys to another fantastic episode of Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. You know what time it is. Go! Like the podcast. Share the podcast, guys. Help it grow and to the, flourish.
0: To the ends of the earth. <laughs> to
1: the ends of the earth. Um, yeah, just you know, we, we need your support. We wanna keep growing this. We do this guys for you. You know, we have we have other full we have a full time job, so we wanna support you guys and also help those others people in need. So follow us on social media. We we're gonna link we always have the link tree in the description. Check it out, maybe even share it. Um, so we can help other individuals. We do have a big update though about our our cadence of when we're releasing episodes. We are doing. We've been doing them weekly. Cam and I were talking about this. You know, there comes a point in time. I'm sure you guys have seen it with like when you're creating content, it can be challenging at times. And then some sometimes you can get lost into the whole. Ask her. Let's just put something together and hopefully it works. Hopefully it's good enough. We don't want to do that. We want to still deliver high-quality episodes to all our listeners out there. So with that said, we're moving from weekly to every other week because we're also trying to do other things with Hero's Journey to help it grow. We'll keep you guys posted. We want to reveal all the secrets. So now you can expect it uh, every other week. you have anything to say on that, Cam?
0: No. I'm having a baby too. So uh, that's Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's another reason as well. Yes. Apparently they're needy
1: exactly and you know we want to give you good good stuff
0: exactly Uh, we do want we haven't talked about legions in a while but we're going to give you our good old legions pitch so legions athletics is the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world and there's a few good reasons number one all products are 100 natural that means no artificial sweeteners flavors or dyes Number two, Legion's doesn't use any proprietary blends. What you see is what you get. And number three, Legion only uses the clinical effective dose of ingredients that have been proven to work. They're not just throwing junk in there. So if that sounds like you would like to buy something from them, they also have more than just protein. They have vitamins, pre-workouts, a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Head on over to www.legionsathletics.com. Use code HEROES that's H-E-R-O-E-S, to get 20% off your first order. And if you use that code, you get double loyalty points on every order after that. That means free things.
1: And they also have a lot of promos going right now. I just made a purchase from Legions. I think they have a Black pre-Black Friday spe- sale going on right now. So check them out, guys.
0: We really like their uh, cinnamon cereal protein. It is the bomb. It is my favorite one. It's, a good, it's it's the best. It's a little treat.
1: It is little little dessert after a workout.
0: Guys, we got a we have a topic today that I think will be helpful. It's a little in depth. We'll I don't know if we'll be able to share a PDF, but what you, if you really like um, what is said today? You can always email us, and we can definitely get the PDF to you in that way. Yeah, we'll try to put in the show notes. We'll try to put in the show notes, but I don't know if PDFs have to be housed somewhere. But anyway, if, we'll try and get in the show enough. If it's not, email us and we'll be able to get you a copy of this because today we're talking about if you are someone who has low back pain, you'll want to listen because we're going to talk about how to fix it.
1: If you are in the U.S., you most likely have low back pain.
0: <laughs> it, it is a very common occurrence. We'll talk kind of about statistics here in a second. I do want to throw out one disclaimer for the best outcomes regarding any sort of pain or, 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 or functional uh, improvements you need to have a specific approach to your pain and not just a generic one. So this is obviously more of a generic one because I can't individually, you know, create this for you. It's it's kind of going out to the masses. So always consult with your MD and your local physical therapist, um, for the best outcomes. But I do think with this knowledge, you'll be able to start fixing your low back pain. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. We're just laying the foundation in this episode.
0: So low back pain is it, it happens a lot. So we got some statistics here. I think we've talked in a previous episode about this, but low back pain is one of the most common reasons for a visit to the doctor, which is kind of surprising. Um, people might think other things, but it is one of the main reasons why someone will actually book an appointment and go see their doctor. And with that billions, with a B billions of dollars are spent in the management of low back pain each year Mm. so it's a lot i mean and it's not just um like physical therapy it's it's talking about surgeries medication mris like anything that's having to do with the management or diagnosis or treatment of low back pain that's in that number and that's a b with a billions b billions Yeah. yeah um the crazy part is is most interventions are largely unsuccessful So like, I cannot tell you how many times someone comes and sees me for low back pain They had a a lumbar or low back fusion where they fuse the vertebrae together and they come and see me and they go, Cam, I'm still having back pain. And think about how much money a spinal fusion is. I mean, surgeries are expensive in general, but when you get close to the spine, neurosurgeons, they make a pretty penny. (laughs) They're in the Beverly Hills, if you know what I'm saying
1: that that is crazy that they they're still unsuccessful after going through many treatments different options and i guess we're going to get into some better strategies yeah the
0: the it's so it's one of the it's the hardest thing to treat it's the most we see in in, in rehab and it's the hardest to treat because it's so variable and um everyone doesn't present the same, even if it's qu- like the same diagnosis, like it's a bulging disc or it's a muscle strain or whatever. So you,
1: would you say it's like, you don't know how they got there. Yeah. So it's uh, kind of harder to, it's
0: definitely hard if it's like an insidious onset or it just gradually started. It's a little bit easier knowing if they got into, you know, I, I, I bent over and I heard this pop mm. or I started hurting then. Like that gives me a better mechanism of kind of like, now I can start thinking of what structures are involved. But when it's like that slow onset, that's, it's hard it's hard to kind of figure out yeah it's a way it's
1: like more like lifestyle and maybe it's a combination of things going on though it's kind of hard to isolate completely you it, yes
0: and then okay. put on top of that majority of the people that we see in therapy don't exercise so on top of all this you're mm. you're talking about people who are weak and tight and that is not a good combo to have being weak and tight not good with low back pain, there is actually like an eighty to eighty five percent lifetime prevalence. That is a high number. Like some people will never have hand pain that you know that is ongoing for you know longer than a couple of weeks and everything. Yeah, a lot of people might not have hip pain or or whatever, but there's a eighty five percent lifetime prevalence that someone will have low back pain throughout their life, which is a wow. big big number. With that, and because, as we were talking earlier, it is very variable, I do want to make the distinction between acute and chronic low back pain. One is way harder to treat, and that's obviously the chronic one. Like, when someone comes, it's like, I've had consistent low back pain for eight years. I'm like, okay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) What what are your goals? I don't want to have any pain. It's like, we can help with your pain, and we can help with your strength and your function, and... We can make things better for you, but if it took you eight years to get into this, this uh, you know, situation, it's probably not gonna. It's probably gonna take longer than four weeks coming a couple times a week to see me mm. to get. So you you're almost
1: having to set realistic expectations for them.
0: I think so. Of like uh, what
1: they can actually achieve.
0: Sometimes I'll even ask them like, "What's a realistic goal that you want?" And some people know at that point, like, "Well, I've dealt with this for so long. Like, if I could just." if I could just walk through the grocery store with less back pain, like I could actually make it through without having to sit down, that would be a goal. I'm like, okay, we can definitely, we can definitely, that's Say, a goal. Right,
1: you can work with that.
0: We can work with that. So the the chronic pain is a lot harder mm. because the tissue has already healed. Most likely has already healed by that six month mark. And it becomes more of uh, uh, the nervous system being involved and sensitivity and all, all this type of stuff that isn't just like, oh, The muscle has inflammation or the muscle has a tear or the the joint is locked up that that is different. That's like acute pain, which is typically when people say that that's like less than 30 days. I'm sure you can maybe even make it make the argument like less than, you know, 60 days, somewhere in that. Would you say
1: that maybe with acute you may know what cost it? yes
0: yeah i think when it's fresher on people's minds they know like this is what i did this is what i'm feeling it's more fresh Mm. and then after about six months they say that's when you can start classifying something as chronic pain so we're talking more about that 30 day maybe if you want to say 60 days um onset of low back pain if you are greater than six months this you're going to try to apply this to you. I would go probably a different route with it because you just treat chronic pain different than you treat acute pain.
1: Now, that makes sense. There is it, more, more of a long-term plan,
0: right? Right. Um, so with acute pain, there this is actually kind of a staggering statistic here. Let's just say on Monday, Animal, you, um, you were going out to get your mail and you tripped and you tweaked your back, okay, your low back. There is about a 90% chance that within six weeks, the pain will go away. No treatment. Like, I mean, people might try try and move around or, you know, maybe try different things, but I'm talking no medical treatment. You didn't see a physical therapist. You didn't see a chiropractor. You didn't see a masseuse. You didn't go to your doctors. You didn't get any injections, medication. Would you say
1: this kind of falls along the lines of, oh, I use. Oh so my necks are now just that funny. And then it kind of goes away.
0: Yep. So like yeah, and about 90% of that's gonna get better within six weeks. So we will see some people within like they tweak their back, they come to us a week later. There's a there's a good chance that even without my help, they're gonna get better. But the thing is, remember the lifetime prevalence. Mm. It's probably gonna come back if you don't solve the reason why it was flared up or tweaked or kind of in pain to begin with. So
1: what guess what you were saying earlier like tightness weakness yeah
0: is something tight are you Mm -hmm. not as mobile as you need to be are you not as strong as you need to be are you not as active as you need to be what's your diet like are you you know are you eating foods that are causing lots of inflammation and then the easiest thing can set you over the edge but even within that six weeks if you come to PT like we'll get I mean knowing that it's probably going to get better the things that we do are going to speed that up dramatically and then hopefully give you the tools. To where it doesn't want to come back. Yeah. But there's all but again, there are so many people that will have low back pain. 10% is a still a big number. That's a large number of people. And that is who we'll probably see more of in PT because it, it hasn't gone away. Like people think it's going to go away within that uh four to six week mark. And it and it does for a lot of people, 90% apparently, according to this article but we probably see more of the people that are in that 10% who actually need some intervention to actually help with their pain. So that's what we want to do today. We want to give you some intervention strategies on how to fix your low back. Let's get into it, Doc. Okay. This is when you might need the PDF. So uh, again, we'll try and link it or email it. But there's a five-step approach. There's five questions. And what these five questions are going to do is it's going to, put you into a category. And then based on what category you you are in, that's going to determine what sort of exercise or treatment that you're going to try to do for yourself, if that makes any sense. So like if you were in category one, you don't want to be doing exercises or the, or the interventions in category three, your body's not ready for that, it's not going to respond. And vice versa, if you are farther along like you have low low pain low uh disability in terms of what you can do you don't want to be doing the stuff you do in the first phase which is more passive and low level stuff so you need to figure out which classification you're going to be in which we'll talk about here in a minute, based on these questions. And then from there, you'll know the exercises and strategies you need to start to implement to move you from one category to the next category to the next until you're you are out of pain. So let's get into it. Question number one: this is pretty basic, but where is the pain? Okay. Where is it? I would say if you kind of find where your gluteal folds are, and that's the medical term, but basically bottom of your butt cheeks to the top or based to the bottom of your rib cage. If it's in that area, so find the bottom of your rib cage, find the top of your your butt cheeks. If the pain is somewhere in that region, you can say yes to this question. If the answer is no, it's higher than your rib cage, lower than your gluteal folds. There's a high likelihood it's actually not your low back and it could be something more like your thoracic spine, maybe your hip, something different. Probably not your back. So if you're listening to this and it's like, well, it's actually kind of like in the side of my, you know, leg, it's it's probably your hip. Mm. So if the answer is no, you cannot have to listen to anything because it's probably not your back. If the answer is yes, you go to question number two. Annibal, what's question number two?
1: Does he radiate?
0: Yes. Does it radiate? <laughs> meaning Is it traveling from your back into your hips, into your leg, into your foot? Yes or no? Okay. The radiating is important because it's not saying it's starting in your mid-thigh and going to your foot. It means it's starting in your back and going to your thigh and then maybe going to your foot. It has to travel. So the answer is no. There's no radiating pain. You would move to question number three. If you answer yes, the pain is radiating, it is traveling some, you want to go to the part B of question two, okay? So the part B of question two is, do you have numbness or tingling? Yes or no, okay? If you do not have numbness or tingling, you'd answer no to that question, then you'd move to question number three. If you answer, yes, I do have numbness and tingling, like I feel something in my toes. Uh, It feels weird on the side of my leg, like pins and needles, all that kind of things. Then you're going to want to go to part C of question two. And this is the big one. So if you, yes, you have radiating pain. Yes, you have numbness and tingling. Then question two C is, do you have leg weakness? Meaning. You can't move one of your legs like the other, or maybe you have like your foot is like dropping. Like you just can't like it just, you know, almost like you're tripping over it. Or maybe you even see some like differences in muscle mass between you know, the leg that doesn't have any radiating and numbness and tingling and the one that does. If this is the case, you need to stop listening to this couplet and you need to get uh, you need to get in contact with your doctor. You need some further imaging. This could be a serious issue called lumbar radiculopathy, which could be a severe uh, nerve entrapment and pinchment of the nerve, causing you know not n- not allowing the nerve to activate the muscle. So it's like you're blocking that off. That's why it's, it's you're not being able to activate it and it's dropping or there's atrophy. It's severe enough to have numbness and tingling, radiating and pain. You need to go see your doctor if this is the case.
1: It's plain that little bit but I guess differently so you're saying is just one leg gonna be stronger than the other because I, f- I think most people have that to begin in general right where they have one body part or sides a little bit stronger than the other or I guess w- more specifically what are you yes that, what signs could they really check for
0: that's a good that's a good question so yeah everyone's gonna have more of a dominant dominant side yeah this is more of like your legs giving out on you like mm-hmm. and it's not just like oh I have my knee buckled. It's like my leg is giving out. Like I went to do go up some stairs and it and it feels so much weaker than my the side that has no numbness or tingling. Or again, like your foot is you're not able to like dorsiflex or like lift your foot up when you walk and you're almost like constantly like tripping over your own foot because that muscle isn't being innervated enough to do its action of like lifting up. So I would say if the leg is like giving out on you or if the foot is dropping, that's a pretty that's a pretty severe sign. Now if you're like uh, you know it just feels like maybe the other leg can do like five pounds more that's different that's that's not what we're talking about there's a significant difference in in strength between sides significant
1: mm-hmm. okay yeah.
0: is it making sense so far animal am no, i
1: no it makes sense
0: okay so question one is where is it if it's in that area you answer yes go to question two if you answered yes to all the parts of question two, you need to go to your doctor. I wouldn't even listen to the rest of this podcast. I would go make an appointment right now. Now, if one of those are a no, um, or even radiating pain is a no, now we need to get into question number three, which is, how would you describe the pattern of your pain? Okay. So what this means is there's three things that we can kind of fall into, which you would like circle one of the three is it unstable is it stable or is it well controlled okay what does that mean unstable means that the pain is easily aggravated that means you are highly irritable like the most minor movements are you know of the spine are really provoking your pain and sometimes like even if you go to the doctor or a physical therapist like you don't even really want to do most like some of the exam that the PT is going to put you through like I don't want you touching my spine. Uh, I don't want to, you know, do this movement or you to test my strength. Like it's just, it's very easily aggravated, irritable, and severe. Mm.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's,
0: that's what unstable means. And, And you'll, you'll know, you'll know if your pain falls into that category. The stable category means that the pain can increase with certain movements or a position or a posture or a test, but it returns back to your baseline pretty quickly. So yeah, I've got low back pain. Maybe it's a four out of 10, you know, 10 is, you know, you know take me to the emergency room. Like I'm giving birth and my femur is broken at the same time. And, you know, zero is like a walk in the park. Maybe it's a four and like, i bend over to touch my toes and it's like, Ooh, yeah, that, that mm. irritates it. It's like a six or a seven. But as soon as I come back up, yeah, it's, it's kind of back to a four again. Like it's not, it's not staying for a while. So that's what stable means. It's it's able to stabilize back to baseline, though that baseline might have pain. It's able to go back there quickly.
1: Like you're able to do a few things and like get it to a manageable level, but right? You're still gonna have yeah. So some like po- po-
0: like posture wise with this, like let's just say, Annabelle, like after you tweaked your back and you're you're sitting down like at work and like after you sit for thirty minutes, your pain is starting to increase and you're like, I gotta stand up. And as soon as you stand up and start walking around and moving, it kind of returns back to those ones, twos, threes, you know, Mm. and it so it stabilizes more quickly. So yeah, sitting does increase it. But as soon as I stand up and walk around, it gets better, better back to the baseline, not completely gone. Yep. Well controlled means that your status is more, um, asymptomatic. Like you're not having the symptoms most of the time. Like it, it could be a zero now, but now there's still certain performance activities that increase the pain. Like, yeah, when I when I do lift and move the couch, like the back pain kind of comes on. But when I stop, then it's completely well, completely away. So well controlled is it's. You don't have it, but there are certain things that can increase it. But then it goes back to like a zero. Does that Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so you would you would circle or or, or you know mark which one of those patterns that you would fall into. Okay. Then there's question number four. There's two more questions. There's five. Number four is, well, how intense is the pain from zero to 10? We already talked about 10 is giving birth with your femur being broken, and zero is a walk in the park. So rank rank it. So if you rank it as zeros, ones, twos, or threes, we'd call that mild. If you rank it four, five, or six, we'd say that's moderate. And if you rank it seven, eight, nine, or 10, that is severe. So whatever you fall into, you'll just know whether it's mild intensity, moderate intensity or severe intensity. This is subjective, but this is how you need to rank it. And then the last question is, well, how badly is this affecting your everyday, we call it ADLs, activities of daily living. Like the things you do on a daily ba- basis, cooking, dressing, bathing, you know, going out to the mail, anything that you do on a daily basis, how bad is it affecting that? And again, this is subjective too, but you would say, I mean, it's mildly affecting it. It's moderately affecting it. Or like it.
1: even sitting down watching TV, Are like, are you in pain? Yes. Like, are you constantly having to move around yeah. and
0: adjust? I would say, yeah, that's an ADL because people like to be able to just relax and hang out with family or, or watch some TV by themselves. Like that was something you do on a daily living. How badly is it affecting it? Mild, moderate, or severe? Okay. So now you got all this data and hopefully you if you if you have low back pain you've kind of answered some of these questions. Based on how you answer those questions, now you're going to be in a category. There's three categories that you would fall into, okay? And I would say that number 1, if you find yourself between categories or between these classifications, round down to the one that has more pain or more disability. Like you always want to err on the side of like I'm worse off than i am than better than i am so that way you can be in the the category that is more uh, apt to treat your pain okay so the three categories that you could potentially fall into based on how you answer those first five questions are number one there's the pain modulation category we're just trying to change your pain control it have it go down then number two there's the movement control category where now we're starting to actually Incorporate some movement, starting to stretch and load the tissue some. And then the third category is functional optimization. Now we're actually trying to do things that you do on a daily uh, living, more functional things, squatting and uh, pushing and pulling and carrying, you know, stuff like that. So those are the three categories. This is how you know if you're in the pain modulation category. So question number three, which was the pain pattern. It was the unstable, stable, well-controlled. If you if you answered unstable, you are in the pain modulation category. Okay. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations, you're in we the pain. We did it. We did it. <laughs> you were in that category. I feel like I'm very I feel like I've been very serious today, Annabelle.
1: That's why I threw that joke in, Cam.
0: Thank you. You're we're talking about pain here. Pain never sleeps.
1: <laughs> There's pain everywhere.
0: I sometimes I tell my patients, if you make pain your friend, you'll never be alone. <laughs> They don't, they don't, they don't like that. Um, so that, so the pain, the question number three, the pain pattern, if you say unstable, you're in the pain modulation or, and, or for question four, the pain intensity. If you're saying it's moderate to severe, you would be in the pain modulation category. Congratulations. And then with the pain disability, which was question number five, if you said it's severely affecting what you do on a daily basis, you're in the pain modulation category. Again, if you were in between, let's just say like your pain pattern is more stable, but your pain intensity is severe, you would be in the pain modulation. So you round up. You always, yeah, you want to round to the one that has either more pain, more disability, or more unstable.
1: It's like math. You have to round up, guys. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So movement control category, that classification for question number three the pain pattern, if you said stable, you'd be in the movement control if you ranked your pain intensity low to moderate, which was question four, you'd be in the movement control category. Or on question five with the pain disability, if you ranked it as moderate, you'd be in the movement control category. Again, you'll round up or down depending on how you answered those questions. And then category number three, which is the functional optimization category. Question number three with your pain pattern, did you say well-controlled? Pain intensity, which was question four, is it low or absent like no pain to very low pain that kind of rhymed and then question five which is the pain disability like how badly is it affecting your activities of daily living if you marked low you'd be in the functional optimization category the goal with this is obviously to move from one to the next to the next until you are no longer out of so you're no longer in pain and you're doing everything you were doing before So if you're pain modulation, you want to move next to the movement control, and from the movement control, you want to move to the functional optimization.
1: So I guess a question for you, Doc. What's up? So somebody could look at this and say, okay, I've progressed from from, uh, pain modulation to movement control, and now on the functional optimization. When does that end?
0: I would say it ends when, well, obviously when you have... Because we're talking about acute pain, which we know can go away. Mm-hmm. Not someone who's had pain for 18 years. Like this is not, you can try this, but this is not really what I would do for you. So I'd say when you have no pain, no disability, and yeah, you're able to do everything you need to do on a daily basis. But then, but I guess what I'm getting to is you wouldn't just
1: say, okay, now that you're That's, better, stop doing everything you're oh, doing. Oh, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm
0: saying? like. Oh, I always encourage people what? then to go to get into the gym. Uh, I say, "Hey, we got that's,
1: you. That, that's that's the fourth phase. What I was trying to get
0: to. Yeah, so there is a fourth phase, and I can't do that as much in physical therapy, and that's why we do the podcast and why we coach clients and everything because we do we do want to get people stronger, more mobile, more fit, healthier, which will help prevent. I would say, yeah, that is the fifth the fifth step. I'm, people are most likely out of my care at that point because insurance usually stops paying once people are in no pain and can do everything they need to do. Mm -hmm. So then not want them to stick around for me to get them on a strength program, which is fine. That's why we're doing this. But yeah, the fourth one would be gym membership. Let's, let's get you active, healthier, fit or all that kind of stuff. Cool. Okay. Now that you know which category you're in, I want to give you some ideas of how to actually now to start to manage your pain pain modulation. You found yourself in that category. There's a few things. There's about five things that I would suggest you try to see if you can do them and which one helps the most. The first thing you should probably try to do is we call it direction of preference. You're, you're, you're basically trying to find a position or a movement, um, that relieves the pain or makes it feel, makes it feel better. Like, it doesn't take it maybe fully away, but it's like, yeah, it's a, a little alleviating. It's a good stretch. Like, I, it feels good. Some of those positions are maybe it's trying to touch your toes. It's bending over. Maybe that makes the pain feel better. Maybe it's leaning backwards, like extending. Maybe maybe that makes the pain feel better. Maybe it's twisting. Like, that actually feels good, and it's, like, alleviating. Or maybe it's what we call side bending, like you're, you're not going forward or backwards or twisting. It's like you're kind of going to the side. Maybe that helps to alleviate the pain, whichever one of those, try them, try each one of those four uh, directions. See if one of them help. If one of them does, like if extending back feels really good, we're going to capitalize on that. I want you to do 10 to 20 reps. And I want you to do it throughout the day. Meaning you get up during work and you just do, you bang out 20, like extending backwards. You just do that throughout the day. And what we're trying to do with this direction of preference is starting to control and decrease the pain, stabilize the pain so that we can actually do other things. Does that make sense, Annabelle? Mm-hmm. So that's what that means is you're just trying to find a movement that helps the pain, and we're going to capitalize on that and repeat. Another thing you can do if you're in this kind of severe of pain is you, you might need to have like a manipulation or mobilization on your spine, which is that crack or pop in your back. We do recommend a good physical therapist for this. I'm not going to tell you to try and pop your back yourself. Some people do that, and it feels good. I'm not promoting that. I'm not saying you should do that.
1: But you would say that's more temporary relief, right?
0: Yes. All this stuff is so that you progress to the next phase. You don't want to stay in one phase forever. You don't want to stay in that I need to constantly crack my back or I need to constantly see my therapist or chiropractor to pop my back because you want to progress to the next phase because you can get temporary relief from that For 100%. It's been shown in research and people debate on the reason why you're getting that temporary relief, but you get it. You just want to then move as the pain gets under control and you start to have, again, stable pain pattern, low to moderate pain, you know, all that kind of things you want to move to the next category. Yeah. Uh, With that too is massage. You, you might need to have some sort of masseuse or maybe if it's like a self massage or you have your partner massage or you get a foam roll, something where you're where, where it's not too painful and you're trying to desensitize the tissue you're trying to get a little more blood flowing into the tissue and typically with a massage it's you're you're not doing too much movement you know something's being done to you whether you're rolling on the foam roller or someone's massaging you or whatever it's very there's not a lot of movement so the spine isn't doing isn't moving too much so you can kind of actually start to desensitize the tissue so if you're in that category we would recommend massage In this category as well, there's this thing called lumbar traction. We're going to link a picture down in the show notes that kind of shows how you can have somebody do this to you. All you need is like a belt or a strap or something like that, or maybe even just a towel. But that is pulling the spine apart. It's it's causing some distraction forces, allowing uh, the disc to fill up. Uh, If there's pinching on nerves, it can allow for some momentary relief or pressure from the nerve or even just stretching out the muscle tissue feels really good we i I recommend holding that for about 30 seconds to maybe up to a minute and repeating that you know three to ten repetitions if someone is willing to do that on you also a therapist if you go to see a therapist they'll they'll be able to do this make
1: sure you have a safe word though
0: (laughs) i always tell my patients say gluten-free if it's too much (laughs) i'm not i'm not joking (laughs) No, no i say yeah i say that and I mean, they think it's really funny, but I'm like, I'm not joking. (laughs) I actually had this, it was was really funny. I had this like really like mainly dude. I was, uh, what was I doing? I was stretching. I was stretching something out on him. (laughs) And I told him that he's like, gluten free. (laughs) And it was just funny to hear this grown man just say gluten free to make me stop. Uh, With that lumbar traction, you could do just. And then you
1: let them in the afternoon. Oh, you like that, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you on Thursday.
0: Gra- is uh, a <laughs> You're getting me sidetracked. Is uh, right, doing, the other
1: one is a favorite of mine.
0: Doing some dead hangs. Dead grabbing, hangs. grabbing a pull-up bar and just letting your body hang. Uh, that's going to give you some great traction force through the spine. Obviously, that might not be feasible for some people, but that's a great way. I'd say hold it for as long as you can, maybe up to 30 seconds. Repeat for 10, three to 10 rounds. And the last thing you can do if you're in this pain modulation phase is what's called active rest or active recovery. Where you're gonna try and find some cardio-based exercise or a machine or whatever that does not irritate or increase the pain, and we've got to get the body moving. Maybe walking doesn't hurt it. Like it feels it feels like I don't really it feels good to walk. Like it's not my pain isn't going higher. I want you to walk 10 to 30 minute bouts. Do this a couple times a day. Keep that system moving, people. Just get that walking. And maybe biking doesn't feel too bad. Get on that bike and start biking 10 to 30 minutes a day. Just we're trying to increase blood flow. We're trying to show the body that you can move without pain increasing. I'd say one of these five things or multiple of them you can try to do to get yourself out of this pain modulation phase into the next phase. That makes sense? That
1: makes perfect sense.
0: There's a lot here, people. I'm sorry. um, Getting a little kind of nerding out, but this is what I do for a living. So it's fun for me. So now you're in the movement control. I
1: guess, is there one you prefer? Like say somebody comes to you and says, which one should I start with?
0: So, um, it depends on what I find in the exam. So like, I, I, I don't do all these things depending on, you know, what I find in the examination process. I'll know which one to do. So like, I know I don't need to waste my time doing massage or trying to like pop their back. Like I know I just need to pull on their legs or on their back to do some traction. Like I, you, that's why you need the specific yeah. approach that basically mm-hmm. what people are doing now, they're just, you're just trying to figure out which one it is. But if you see a therapist, they should know which one and which exercises and stuff to start doing with you in this, in this phase. They should, at least this was actually taught in residency. So I guess not a lot of therapists will go through uh, an orthopedic residency, but this is less focused on like individually. What is Mm. causing the pain It's just trying to categorize the pain so that you can treat the pain. Like it doesn't really care if it's a disc or if it's a, or if it's a nerve or it's a muscle, like, it doesn't matter. This 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 treatment doesn't matter what it is. It just matters. <laughs> Does this thing make it get better? Yes or no. If yes, we're going to go along with that. If no, we're going to stop doing yeah. it. Try this. But it is nice to know what it is. It just again, it just gives me more tools on what I can do for it. But in this,
1: because you can probably treat it, you know.
0: Yeah, it just it gives me more it gives me more tools to help the patient out.
1: What's the other category, doc?
0: Okay, we got the movement control category this category there's two types of exercises you can be thinking about doing since now your pain is more stable it's less intense and maybe you're able to do starting to do more things around the house and out and about we've got flexibility exercises and stability exercises so there's an ungodly amount of these types of exercises we i mean people will look at me in the clinic and be like do you just make some of these up like how do you know all these exercises and it's like This is what I do for a living. Like I know so many different exercises to do with somebody. So these are just some examples, but I want you to think with flexibility, like mobility exercises, just think yoga. Think about some yoga poses like Cobra child's posts, half kneeling rotations, cat cows. Like that's what we're talking about with flexibility exercises and and mobility. We're trying to get the muscles Mm -hmm. joints, get them moving. Usually it's, it's a sustaining a position, so think about yoga poses. Maybe you need to look some yoga poses up. Find the ones that feel good. Um, find the ones that you know that you need because you're limited in that motion. Like, I just can't twist very far. Well, maybe you need to do some more twisting type of stretching. Right, right. So I I, I just, these are just examples. I, I can't. There's these, too many. There's too many, and people are so variable. It will just depend on how you present in front of me on which ones I'd give you but those are some examples. The others are stability exercises. So with these, I want you to think about the spine being neutral. So you're not, you're not bending your spine, like in those flexibility, but you're engaging the muscles. So like think about laying on your back and lifting your hips up like a bridge. Maybe you're on all fours and you're like lifting an arm or lifting a leg. Um, just trying to, put more force through the spine, but you're not moving the spine. You're just stabilizing the spine. It's more like
1: body weight moves, you would say.
0: Yeah. More body weight movements. Maybe this is, you can start using some bands like isometric, um, like anti-rotation exercises, stuff like that. And there may be some overlap, right? Whenever you're doing like yoga, there's for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's what this is, is there's going to be some overlaps. Like if you're on all fours, like in a quadruped position, like you're kind of stabilizing already because gravity is trying to make your back sag. So you're trying to keep it neutral. And then maybe you are going back into that cat cow where you're arching and then uh, flattening and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they overlap. So a question for you. I come to you, doctor I have done
1: the pain modulation. Now I'm on the movement control. Do I still need to do the pain modulation treatment plan? Oh, do, I, ke- do I need to keep stacking?
0: Oh, that's a good question. This is the sign of a good therapist. A good therapist, I believe, gets people... Uh, you go away from the pain modulation phase. and Completely. Slowly. you
1: uh, slowly, and you go through it. Slowly
0: weaning. The hard part is people really love the little massage that you give them. People really, <laughs> people really love when you pull on their back or legs oh and it takes the pain away. I'm a therapist now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but not that kind of therapist.
0: So... People just like it and that's almost what they expect. So I have to do a lot of education. I'm like, we're doing this temporarily so that you can move like to the next phase. So I like getting people away from the table. Like after we do a lot of the passive stuff Mm. and now they're doing stretching and stabilization on the table, I'm trying to get them away. I'm trying to get them to function and like returning to their normal life. So to answer your question, that was a long uh, answer is I wean them away. So I don't stack anymore. Once I get them down to it's well controlled, it's moderate pain, low pain, I do this and I will focus Mm -hmm. on these. And then from there, I wean into the next category until I'm fully out of one. So by the end, when they come in, like they're not on, like they don't need a table. Like I don't have to put hands on them. I just coach them through these functional movements that we're about to talk about here in a second. Cool. And that's good to know. So the last phase is the functional optimization phase. So disclaimer too: if you are seeing a physical therapist and you're 12 visits into seeing them and your pain is low and it's well-controlled and stable and they're still massaging your back and making you do stretches and stuff, like I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying they need to spend most of their time in this last phase, which is the functional optimization phase, you can start doing those stretches on your own. You don't need the massage anymore. I know it feels great, and you know. Yeah, I mean,
1: you don't have to completely
0: disregard your
1: therapist because you're you could be in a different situation. Exactly, I'm not saying. But disregard you want to start them. progressing.
0: But that's the thing you want to progress, and our profession is actually pushing function and progressing. Like it used to be, just a lot of passive things, and they stuck with that for the entire time. So our, our profession is trying to get away and trying to do what I'm saying here of progressing through to more function, which we know is the best thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this last phase, what I think of now that that's well-controlled, low to absent, and you're able to do most of the things you need to do is there's three, or sorry, there's six main movement patterns that the body can do. Obviously there's variations and stuff like that. you got the squat, you got the hip hinge, you got the lunge, you got the carry, you got the push and pull and the push and pull can be vertical pushing or horizontal pushing pull it can be vertical or horizontal yeah, those and, are your six And the,
1: these are the things what you would say that every human
0: does on a daily or weekly basis absolutely i and i try and get people to this phase so their whole session looks something like this i'll mm-hmm. have them come in they'll oh and then the, the next thing is uh we want to do more intense cardio at this point so you're not just going on a little walk or a light light uh light biking like this is when you're actually starting to do some high intensity training some like low intensity steady state where you are going on that jog maybe you are getting in a zone two and three and stuff like that like i will have them warm up jog on the treadmill warm up on the bike where they're huffing and puffing i'm like i want you to bike and i want you to bike until like you're you know you're not dying you see the you have-
1: example that you gave me many years ago about the whole the whole like if you can have a discussion with a friend when you're walking you're this level when you're you know oh, yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah,
0: there's different. Uh, like
1: a, 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 that's like, I, f- I thought that was like an easy way to kind of understand yeah, but, how hard you're going.
0: So when you're in that when you're in that early phase, and we're talking about the walking and the stuff, like you should be able to hold conversation with people during that. So like as you're walking or lightly biking or doing some sort of cardio to kind of get things moving again, getting the system moving, you should be able to hold conversation. Now what I'm talking about here in this phase three mm-hmm. with cardio, this low intensity steady state, or obviously high intensity interval training. You should not be able to keep a conversation. You should like it should be pretty challenging to be like, I think that I'm, you know, feeling pretty good today. Like Yeah. Stuff stuff like that. Cause now we're actually, you know, we're pushing the body at this point because the pain is low, the function is higher. We can start doing more things like that. So I'll have people warm up on the bikes and or on the treadmill and you know, they're like, Holy smokes, that was a good workout. Or on the assault bike, you know, like the arms and legs. You like, animal. Oh, they hate it.
1: How could you do that? To them?
0: Yeah. I actually, I put this this one older lady on it one time, <laughs> oh my and she hated me. I didn't make her go on it again, but she was dying. <clears throat> so I'll do stuff like that. But mm-hmm. most of my sessions will be at this, so they'll go, and then they'll start squatting. And, I'm, and then when I get it crazy, then I get them doing supersets. You know, you're in a squat, and now you're going to push this 60-pound sled back and forth, and you're going to go back to squats and then back to the sled. All right, take a water break. Maybe maybe I'll throw in some stretching while while they're resting, but it's not... That's not the majority of the session. It's just like while they're letting their heart rate go down and stuff, I'm like, okay, stretch out your hip doing this one. Okay, now back to the function. So this is when it gets fun because people will be like, I didn't actually believe that I could, you know, I've had 80-year-old ladies deadlifting the barbell and adding weight onto it. That's awesome. Yeah, and they're like, I didn't believe I could lift that. My doctor said I'd never lift more than 10 pounds again. I'm like. (laughs) We have an episode on that. Check it out. Yeah, we got one on that. (laughs) So that would be uh, an example of number three. And then as Annabelle said, we kind of have a fourth one, which is y- now you got to start to carry this over to the gym. You got to start getting in shape. Training, training continues. The training continues. If you need coaching, message us Because
1: <laughs> I think a lot of times, not just with PT or a lot of things in life, you're like, okay, I feel better. I soft, whatever it might be. I'm done. I don't have to do Anything else, but it's still kind of a part. I I almost consider it as a way of caring for self or self care. It's like you need to keep training and lifting to prevent, reduce. Because I don't want to say completely eliminate, because that's things happen. Things happen, but you're increasing your odds.
0: Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want to. You want to lower that lifetime prevalence Mm -hmm. that we talked about earlier. Like if. Man, if you could even cut that to fifty percent, like getting this under control and then getting stronger and knowing, like, I, I really, I have now a fifty percent chance of this coming back again versus eighty-five.
1: Yeah, I think Peter Tia talked about it a lot. He, 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 classified it, classifies health in two ways. Not just like how long you live, but like the quality. And this is all going to help that quality a lot. But it doesn't matter if you're like ninety years old, but you're you're hurting everywhere.
0: I think that's a great point, Animal. So, all right, so here's our here's a little recap. Low back pain, it's, it's super common. Uh, one of the best ways to treat your low back is is this treatment classification thing that I talked about. Find out which category you fall into. Use those exercises, those treatment ideas to start healing your back. And then once you feel like things are starting to get under control, you want to move from one category to the next until you are out of pain and you're able to, as Annabelle said, start taking more control of your health and fitness and getting that gym membership and hiring a coach and all that kind of stuff.
1: Hiring a hero's journey.
0: Specifically us. Yeah, so call to action. Find which one you fall into. Pick some of those exercises um, to start decreasing your pain. Always you can find uh, look for a good local physical therapist. That can be a big help. Um, Yeah, that's all that I got, Anibal.
1: That's all I got too. Remember guys, you're human. You should not seek perfection for daily improvement.
0: See, See